Hi, welcome to Arthritis at Home. I'm Kelly Lenvoy, and today we're going to be talking about some news that uh, occurred in September of 2020 when South Lake Regional Health Center notified the leaders at the Arthritis Program, one of Canada's leading community arthritis programs, that was closing TAP effective January 15th, 2021. Join us today on this episode to speak about the issue are Dr. Carter Thorne, Chief of the Division of Rheumatology and Director of the Arthritis Program, and Carrie Barnes, who lives in central Ontario, is a person living with rheumatoid arthritis and is a patient ambassador for the TAP and has been involved in the CATCH research for over 10 years. Dr. Thorne and Carrie, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. Happy to be here. I guess to, uh, to get us started, Dr. Thorne and Carrie, uh, audience who might not be familiar with the arthritis program, which we will be referring to as TAP during this interview. Um, what, what is TAP? How long has it been operating? And how, um, how I guess, managed to achieve the success and the, the renown? I mean, it's really considered maybe the leading community arthritis program in the country. Um, tell us a little bit about that story. Well, thank you very much, Kelly. <clears throat> it's been my privilege, privilege and, and uh, a great pleasure to, to work with a group of individuals com committed to looking after people with arthritis and to people who have arthritis like Carrie. Even though we were originally funded as an inflammatory program, we actually do provide what we like to call a portal of care. So we provide services for people who have osteoarthritis, chronic pain syndrome and fibromyalgia, osteoporosis. We provide an early arthritis clinic. So it's really a portal of care. And that's where the success is. If you have a problem with your arthritis, then you can look for solutions with TAP. One of the things that we did early on was embed clinical outcomes. Now, hospitals are usually into counting, but they count for administrative purposes. Did you have enough patients? Did you have, how much money did you spend? But when we did that, we were quite successful. We always had very effective use of resources. Uh, and when we got our funding in 91, it allowed us to bring a full-time and a bit more OT and a full-time and a bit more physio and a full-time pharmacist and a part-time social worker, a kinesiologist, a, a dietitian, as well as some support, clerical and such things. That was, the, that was the impact of that group. We embedded research because we wanted to know how we were doing clinically. And as you indicated, for 13 years, so TAP is now uh, 27 years old as a funded program from the Ministry of Health. And for the past 13 years, we've been participating in clinical cohorts. And one of the most important ones is CATCH, which uh, Carrie belongs to and she'll tell you about. And we've demonstrated through that a couple of things. But one of the most important thing is we didn't really realize the impact that a program of interprofessional care would make on patients. And that impact is that we see patients sooner after symptoms begin than any one of the sites in Canada. We start treatment sooner after diagnosis than any sites in Canada and patients do, do best in class outcomes. And the other piece of that, which is really important for, for the payers, we think, is that in CATCH and in, the, in, in, in general, people with rheumatoid arthritis have had 
a, a great experience with the introduction of biologic agents, which are, are really uh, have been game changing for those that require them. But in our hands, that is to say a new markets cohort, only less than 1% of patients are receiving a biologic agent or targeted therapy. And that's different than catch where it's about 20% and different in the community at whole where it's 25% or more, 25 to 30%. Now, what does that mean to the system? Well, if we just annualize the savings or cost avoidance in new market, the avoidance in costs is about two and a half million dollars or more. The cost of TAP for all it does is about five or $600,000. So the return on investment is quite striking. It occurs because we've learned how to use the medications differently, but more importantly, because people who have arthritis and come through the program are exposed to an environment, a culture that is embracing and where we emphasize self-management. Thank you for that, that summary, Carter. Um, it really is an incredible 27 year and counting story. And it's certainly one of the reasons why ACE has joined um, a coalition of Canada's leading arthritis patient organizations, including the Arthritis Society, the Canadian Spondylitis Association, Lupus Canada, Sjogren's Society of Canada, and CAPA, Canadian Arthritis Patient Alliance, who were really all shocked by this news and are unified in the opposition uh, to the TAP closure. I, I'm wondering at this point, Carrie, we've just heard sort of that that incredible clinical and research uh, history of TAP. Um, I'm just wondering what the benefits uh, for patients and what the experience for patients have been. And since you are the TAP ambassador, I'm really interested to hear your, your insights on that. Oh, of course. So when I was first introduced to TAP, I was in a pretty desperate state um, I had significant joint swelling. I was in a lot of pain, um, unable to care for myself really, or my family. It came on very suddenly. So I was really searching for some care and not getting it from, um, I was really stuck with walk-in clinics, kind of emerge, emergency room kind of things. I did end up with a referral to a rheumatologist, but the wait time was going to be nine months. And I was just wasn't satisfied with that because I was struggling really to to live really and so um, in a roundabout way I got connected to tap and then things really started to move for me in fact it was in within a couple of days that uh, I was able to be diagnosed and had treatment started um, I think I think what was most significant for me was this unified approach I met with numerous different healthcare providers and they all had the same answers they had we had discussions about what was going to happen as far as treatment was concerned and although the treatment was a little bit daunting i i felt confident because they this was unified approach they um all seemed to speak to me about it it wasn't a decision that was made for me i was included in that discussion and um i i guess i felt that i could then follow through with what I needed to do to um, treat what was happening in my body. And then came the education piece. I came back to TAP for, um, at that time, it was actually a week long. I think it's been, it's different now, but that was like 10 years ago. 
So I came back um, for this education program. I learned about my disease. I learned about the medications I was taking, dietary suggestions, um, even met with a social worker to see how I was doing, how my family was managing with the diagnosis and treatment and all of that. Finances, how was it going with missing work and all of that kind of thing. And I, I, I like it was it was dreamy. <laughs> it was just it was just this wonderful program where I felt supported and cared for. It now leads us to the issue and and the um, the news that uh, South Lake uh, delivered to you uh, a few months ago, and it really is it's so perplexing for um, our patient organization and leaders in the community that something that is life changing and life saving and is also saving money to the healthcare system, um, why would you be closing it at this time? And what we do, what we've heard from South Lake is that it was it's closing tap because of the financial deficit it's facing, and that's been exacerbated or made worse by the COVID pandemic. And that the hospital is focusing on delivering programs and services that can only be provided in a hospital. I think uh, we're very interested, our audience is very interested in both of your uh, uh, responses to that reasoning from the from the hospital. Carter, I'll, I'll start with you. Yeah. I think one of the, I, 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 that is the ostensible reason we've heard, again, to remind you, our, our budget is in the range of $500,000, $600,000. The budget of the hospital is $455 million. Uh, so we represent about 0.1% of the budget. Uh, it's not only that we're a cost center, but we're a cost saver, as I mentioned, we're a cost avoidance. And it's been remarkable, the, the uh, uh, response that we received from across the country, as you've pointed out. Um, not only do we have the support of, of, of patient groups, but we also have the support of researchers. And in the 25 years and more that we've been doing the arthritis program, we have documented that we have fewer visits to emergency department, i.e. that is to say, we, we have reduced the burden on the emergency department. Carrie already told you her experience. Now she doesn't live in Newmarket, she comes from outside of Newmarket, but it's the same in all communities. You end up in a walk-in clinic or emerge. We've also demonstrated that we reduce bed requirements for, for the population that we service. So we can't prove those new ones because, you, because we've already, we're, so, we're so mature in our program. Uh, so we've done those things. I get the concept that the hospital doesn't feel that a, a, a program that is mainly dealing with outpatients because we keep them out of hospital is not appropriate. I understand that concept. And it, when it was uh, approved in 1991, that was the model, to be clear. And I think it's, it's reasonable to consider moving out, uh, but moving out with the resources that are required to keep it going. So I believe that we have a model that is sustainable in a community with a rationale in terms of cost savings to the system that more than support the ongoing use of it. Carrie, um, from a patient perspective, um, how, how are you, and I'm sure you've talked to other uh, patients as well, um, how are you processing this news from, from Southlake? Uh, wow, uh, good question. Um, I'm not a big crier, but I did have a little cry about it. I feel like um, I've, I really felt like I was losing my 
my ability to live literally physically and I was losing I, I'm a super active person it was part of my identity and that was just slipping away and really truly tap gave me my life back I I cannot imagine where I would be today if it wasn't for all those years of planning and processing and research and sweat blood and tears I'm sure that they've all put into that program because it it really was um, the cornerstone of, of my success. And I, I cannot, I, I can't imagine what people are going to do now. They'll, they'll wait in eMERGE rooms, they'll wait nine months or more to see somebody. They don't wanna go to a hospital right now. Nobody wants to go because of the COVID pandemic. So they're gonna wait until their symptoms are so severe that they just can't possibly do anything else but seek some sort of emergency medical attention. And my, my heart breaks for them. I, I yeah, I, I wish this was not the reality we were facing. The harsh patient reality is that um, there are gonna be patients affected that will be on different um, parts of the journey. Um, you talked yeah. about you're in remission. There'll be some patients who've just recently been diagnosed and are just starting right. their treatment and care program at the TAP. And the really, um, I think what our viewers have to understand is that in January, Carter, correct me if I'm wrong, but there'll be probably upwards or more than a thousand patients immediately and adversely affected that you're describing, Carrie, that are gonna be out on the street scrambling trying to uh, find a way to continue uh, their, their care at maybe very critical times in their, in their yeah. journey. Yeah, as you're pointing out, Kelly, we, we, have, uh, we have about six clinical uh, equivalents seeing patients. And with those six, we see 9,000 attendances a year and 2,200 unique patients. That is a large number. So it's over a thousand, as you mentioned, it's 2,200. Okay. And that's across the diagnoses, but rheumatoid arthritis or inflammatory joint disease, it's, it's really inflammatory joint disease that we manage. Okay. So that's really important. We just actually last, this past week, uh, started our, our last, last education program for inflammatory joint disease. So these are the people that Carrie kind of identified a moment ago where she was 10 years ago. I've just learned, I just got, I'm still coping. I haven't got all the information and all the, the buy-in yet personally. I haven't integrated it all. I haven't owned it yet. And I'm not gonna, you're not gonna be here in six weeks. I mean, what am I gonna do, you know? And, and you've gone from a system where uh, it sucks, you know, it's nine months, but that's where everyone's waiting to a system that values you as a patient with your problems and deals with it. And now they've gone from a, the generic system of this, you know, our uh, care in, in general these days, especially with COVID, to having this commitment by learned people, people who are experts in arthritis care, and you're being introduced into our ra rather robust, sophisticated program to make you the best person you can be. And then we have to inform them, which we have now, 
is that this program will be gone in six weeks. So have a nice day. And uh, the hospital did indicate that patients would still have access to the rheumatologist, but that's not part of the hospital deal. They indicated that they'd be transitioned to resources in the community. And I can tell you from the, that study done by the Institute for Clinical and Evaluative Sciences, that's a, a, the research part of the ministry kind of thing, is that there aren't any resources in the community that can cover the, pa the population that we're dealing with. Where, um, where are you at in your discussions um, with Southlake in terms of, do they have a complete or better understanding over the last few months of discussions with you about the program, about the benefits of the program, um, and also uh, the Ministry um, of Health uh, and the Minister, because I think you, um, you are, the Centre is in uh, Minister Elliott's riding, so obviously she's familiar with what's going on. Um, what, um, what are you asking um, both of those groups? Well, uh, the hospital actually has not had a public announcement about the closure of the arthritis program. It's only through patient initiatives and others that have, that there's actually been news. And, uh, and right now there is no plan at the hospital level to have a public announcement. They'll be uh, trying to identify patients that are currently active with TAP and notify them. But there's no plan to notify the community and, you know, Newmarket's not a large community. We serve a large area, but it's not a large community to do that, which I thought as the sole proprietor of healthcare in Ontario, in Newmarket, I mean, there's only one healthcare facility aside from offices and walk-in clinics. Uh, I think they have a responsibility to share that transparently with, with, with the community in which they provide service because people do see, there's no alternatives. You don't have 30 hospitals like, like Toronto does or, Vancouver or whatever, or other types of places. So at this time, uh, they acknowledge that uh, the arthritis program is a really good program. It's just that it's not one we're gonna have, which is kind of striking because they are, are, like to call themselves leaders in care and innovation. And we actually are leaders in care and innovation as well. So they have not been as supportive. Uh, they've given us some, they're suggesting they can do some stuff in kind. Um, we need more than that. Uh, they have not given us support at the ministry level. That is to say, the hospital has not advocated at the ministry level. Our ability to get any notice at the ministry level with COVID, as you pointed out earlier, is very limited. Uh, we've reached out to other partners. We're reaching out to the LIN, uh, which is for, the, for your national audience. It's kind of like the regional health authority to, uh, to get some, some sense from them. Uh, but, so we continue to try and find if we can uh, salvage something out of this because we believe passionately that our ability to provide the best care possible is being taken away from us. The advocacy that politicians listen to are both letters received and social media. And as you indicated at the beginning, uh, the hashtag SafeTapNow is where we'd like people to share their experiences and their concerns. So hashtag SafeTapNow, I think has to become uh, the vehicle that people attend to, sharing their experiences if they've had uh, personal experience with TAP and sharing their concern and consternation uh, regarding 
uh, gutting a program that is a model for the rest of the country and which many people have told us, including provincial ministries and other provinces, that they would like to have as the model of care uh, 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 strategy. I have taken the time to write letters to uh, the South Lake CEO and chair of the board, um, Christine Elliott. I did actually write her a letter, so it's kind of surprising that she didn't know about it. I guess maybe somebody's kind of going through her mail. I don't know. But uh, um, yeah, write letters. Um, hashtag SafeTap now is a great forum to uh, voice your experiences and stories and uh, share it. Tell, tell your friends and family. Um, use the social media that you've got and uh, yeah, make it known. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for taking the time today to join us on Arthritis at Home, uh, a very important episode, um, not just for patients in Ontario, but for patients across Canada um, who nobody wants to see um, us lose one of the leading community arthritis care programs uh, in the country. So we thank our viewers for joining us today. There will be links at the end where they can see and get more information or how they can get involved. And thank you again for tuning in to Arthritis at Home. Please join us again for our next episode. Bye-bye.